This episode of Go Be Wyoming is brought to you by Fly Sheridan. Save time, fly local, fly Sheridan. And welcome back in Wyoming knuckleheads to another episode of Go Be Wyo. I'm your host, Aaron Gray. I've got Carter in studio being my little Jamie, I guess, helping me with the board, getting the camera set up. And today's guests, we've got four guests, three in studio, one over Google Meets. Um, I'm super excited about this. This is going to be a women's entrepreneur panel. So all women business owners. Um, We will start with uh, introducing Antonia um, over Google Meets. She is the owner of Bonafide Foods. Um, She is currently in Round Top, Texas at a little retreat for uh, junk gypsies, I believe. So she's going to be over uh, the computer there through the board. And then we'll go uh, counterclockwise. We've got Krista of Thistle and Tool Photography. And then to her right is Megan Kendrick of Trail Trailhead Marketing, and then Laura of Peak Consulting, who's also in the same building here in Market Hall. So um, first time ever meeting you, Laura, So, but this is great. Um, I'm super excited to do this, Megan. I'm happy that you uh, wanted to get this together because yeah. as we were right. talking about... Uh, uh, you picked me up from this morning because I'm ha- having some car troubles, but uh, <laughs> I've always wanted to get some business women in here and talk about being a woman running a business, uh, running a business in Wyoming. So I'm super excited to have all four of you in here. Yep. So I actually reached out to Aaron um, starting the the podcast. Um, I wanted to talk with, I know a lot of lady entrepreneurs. I, you all are just a handful of them and we could go on with the mm-hmm. list here in Sheridan. But I know um, it's, a, it's a different experience and I I know we all have stories. We were just talking about it, and we had to cork our our stories so we could save it. But so I reached out to Aaron so we could all start talking about our individual businesses and what we're doing, and the experience of being a female entrepreneur. In, yeah, in Wyoming, love it. So what we'll do first, and then I just kind of want you four to talk, is we will. Uh, let you each have kind of your soapbox moment, sales pitch a little bit, not really sales pitch, but kind of the start of the business. Why did you start the business, um, where it's gone? And then that way each of you kind of get your little, uh, little minute and then we can kind of go from there. So let's start with Antonia and then we'll go through the studio here. Um, Antonia, why did you start Bonafide Foods? Um, and maybe talk about how you got out to Wyoming. I do remember that one from our first time. Um, yeah, so People who know me, people who don't know me, um, I have a long and storied history in food service. Um, I was the nation's youngest executive master pastry chef at 19 years old. Um, I'm a third generation restaurateur and caterer. Um, So food, food service has always been a core part of my life. Um, I found myself in Wyoming, especially Sheridan, um, in service, uh, private service to a family uh, out at Cato Ranch. And after a little while, I just realized that I that really wasn't my path anymore. And uh, my amazing husband, Brian, the other side of Bonafide Food Love, um, had been following me in my career path where we had been going uh, for that first six years of our marriage. And I said to him, hey, Brian, you know, what do you want to do, babe? We could do anything. I was all for crew a yacht in the Caribbean. <laughs> but um, Brian had been watching too much Food Network television while we lived on a mountain outside of Jackson Hole. And he decided he wanted to open a food truck. And so um, I don't know how to do anything halfway or even a little. So we went all out and um, started Bonafide, which, of course, just was local to Sheridan with our little food truck on the street. 
And within the first year, we had some exponential growth, some tremendous support from our community. Um, catering is actually our, our specialty and what I truly enjoy. And these days where uh, the profit is at, in these last six years, it has just grown and grown from this little tiny commissary kitchen to um, a community commissary that is currently being utilized by um, six different small scale producers in Sheridan and our community. Um, we also help support and mentor other um, mobile vendors. Cater, of course, if you live in the Sheridan area and you are going to a VIP event, uh, probably Bonafide will be your caterer. <laughs> and, um, it's just given us a, a lot of joy. Of course, it's a tremendous amount of work. Um, we've won a couple of Food Network Awards in the last couple of years. Um, we go to Sturgis every summer and that is like the pinnacle of business. And in the last couple of years, we have been combining Bonafide along with one of my other interests, which is Ride Wild. And that is um, women's moto empower sports. And Bonafide Food Love helps host um, their events nationwide. We set up housing, food service, activities. Um, in my role as Eagle Medicine Woman, I promote um, sisterhood and tribe and really just self-empowerment. So all kinds of fun things about what Bonafide is. Um, some people have noticed that we haven't been on the street this summer season. Uh, COVID unfortunately really affected the profitability and the ability to employ people um, for daily street service. And so we see ourselves continually evolving. And, uh, you know, Bonafide really is a brand in itself and it means to be real and genuine. And there's some really exciting things on the horizon for Bonafide and myself. So we'll get more into that as we go along. Yes, we will. That was well said. So yeah. we'll go to Krista now. So Thistle and Tool, and we were having this conversation before my dyslexic kicked in. So Thistle and Tool, spell the tool because you do a lot of oh. wedding and eloping uh, photography, correct? Yeah. So Tool is T-U-L-L-E, which is <laughs> like the fabric on dresses. Mm -hmm. And I always have to explain that to people, but it sticks in their head then. So I was going to change the name, but I kept it <laughs> the whole time. Um, so my business, photography, I do um, adventure elopements and weddings. So I travel all over the country um, based here in Sheridan. Um, I started, I went to college for photography. I'm from Pennsylvania originally. So I went to Philly at Temple University, um, graduated with a double major in painting and photography and then I worked in fashion actually for a while. So I interned for um, Polo, Ralph Lauren in New York City and Manhattan. And then my goal was to work for Vogue one day, but I decided I didn't quite fit in with those people. <laughs> um, so then I worked for Lord & Taylor. I was like a lead photographer there um, right out of college. And like I said, didn't fit in, did a road trip with one of my best friends, never been out west before, decided I loved it and went back, quit my job. <laughs> and I basically moved out to Yellowstone National Park and lived there for six months first, um, just working in a hotel, didn't know what I was going to do with my life, um, still taking photos here and there, and then discovered Big Sky, Montana uh, fell in love with Big Sky, and then um, through that whole journey, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, 
So I just had surgery and I had to get cancer treatment in between all of that. So after Yellowstone, I moved out to, I moved back east to do the cancer treatment for a month. And then I moved right back to Big Sky <laughs> um, out there. Then I became a ski photographer. So I snowboarded with my camera all over the mountain. Um, met my boyfriend at Big Sky. Moved down. Shout out to Spencer. Yeah, Spencer. <laughs> Wax on wheels. <laughs> um, and then moved down to Sheridan with him. And then just kind of, I didn't know what I was doing again. <laughs> um, and someone just told me, why don't you try photographing families around here? So I started out with that. And then um, I discovered adventure elopements just through Instagram. I followed this, um, it's like a Mecca um, adventure instead. They are like the people who discovered adventure elopements. Um, and so I didn't realize there was a whole entire community like that. And I decided to jump into it because I love traveling. I've been traveling like my whole entire life, just going on random road trips. And part of it is fashion because I get to photograph people in beautiful dresses all day. Um, and I truly just love watching people, like the connection. Um, I love watching people in love and I love like meeting all these new people and learning about their stories um, and getting to discover new places. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> wow. That's well, it. Well, Spencer's been on the show. Yeah. 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 He told me. Yeah. With, with Jordan. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> small world, small right. town. Awesome. That's awesome, Chris. We'll dive into that too okay. a little bit. Um, Megan, so Trailhead Marketing. Yep. I'm Trailhead Marketing. Um, First of all, Anto, I love you dearly. Krista, I love you dearly. Laura, we're going to get to know each other real well, I'm sure. Um, I, my background is actually agriculture and molecular biology. <laughs> I went to Phillips Exeter Academy when I was 14, kind of fleeing a terrible family situation and left um, early, early on academic ride, basically, and then went to Auburn University or ag and double majored in molecular biology. Um, so my background is very scientific. I worked, I came back again, fleeing a bad situation. It's the story of my life. Fled a bad situation, army, abuse, blah, blah, blah. Um, came back to Sheridan and started as a lab tech, moved up to method development doing radio chemistry so it's radioactive chemistry for environmental testing mines whatnot so I develop methods for um, strontium thorium lead polonium etc but I'm a very forward-facing person and got tired of not having windows and being stuck in a lab and um, moved into sales I at this point was married to my husband Denny and so I was essentially second income we had um two boys at this point and I moved into sales $24,000 a year as a little radio sales rep and I loved it I was good at it and did well I moved up through um onto Ramico Carbon as the director of sales and marketing did well there but the, the COVID hit <laughs> I don't know how else to say it um COVID hit which hits the coal industry hard I with them before they quit me came back as director of sales as in digital marketing 
And from there, my husband was actually murdered in April, April 23rd. He was killed up in Billings. And I had two little boys. I could no longer cover the whole market across the state of Wyoming. Cody, Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette moved to entrepreneurship and started Trailhead Marketing, where I do full-service digital marketing. So I focus on foundational approach, website, social media, SEO, etc., and then on to strategic placement, customized to each customer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm writing all these notes. Sorry, because I, I uh, like I let you. Uh, I want you all to have conversations, but like I'm writing all these notes down of all your guys' stories, and I'm like, what? 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 So sorry. Um. Yeah. We so, all have a story. Uh, we'll get into all of that, Megan. So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Anto, uh, to go back to Anto. Um. I mean, gosh, both of these ladies. Uh, once when Denny was murdered, Antonia was there doing a um shaman ritual at my house. What was it? A day after, and um, Krista photographed his funeral. So That's I was awesome. wow. Good connection. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love it. Um, no, yeah. Well, this is this is all great stuff right here. So, Laura, last one here on the roundtable. Um, tell us a little bit about you and Peak Consulting. Yeah, thank you for the invite, and it's so great the diversity. And I love that. Um, so, my um, ride to where I am. I was born in Wyoming, grew up in Tucson. Uh, went into education, uh, didn't love, I love kids, I didn't love working with kids. And so I ended up going into the sportswear industry. I worked for REI, helped them open up a store, uh, first store in Arizona. And then through REI, I learned about Patagonia, which is a sportswear company. And I uh, fell in love with them, um, with their product. I went and toured uh, their corporate office and distribution down in Ventura. And I was like, I got to work for this company. And so I just kept getting to know people there, applied for a position, ended up being hired. And I initially just was in a support role um, for one of their directors. And then as I learned more about the company, they asked me to move into the human resources area. And so I did all the employee relations for the company. And uh, if you know Patagonia at all, uh, they have a really strong culture um, in terms of quality, really hardcore outdoors um, activities. And I, uh, I oversaw the assessment process so that everybody who came in to get um, interviewed we did a culture assessment before they were hired. And so I got to lead that, which was amazing. I was in my mid-20s, and just it was an education like no other. And I got to work very closely with Melinda Chenard and also new Yvonne. And so I decided after working with them for about five years that I wanted to uh, pursue some additional education. I moved to Seattle. I found a small private program called Leadership um, Institute of Seattle and started uh, studying applied behavioral science. And so through that, Patagonia let me still work remotely. I oversaw the training and customer service for their retail stores. And then when I went to graduate school, I just got exposed to an amazing group of um, entrepreneurs and consultants. And so uh, when I 
got through a year of graduate school, I got a, a position at an international consulting firm in Seattle, and they did a lot of work with um, mergers and acquisitions. And I didn't finish graduate school. I felt like I was just getting this incredible education. I mean, we were doing work with Microsoft and Starbucks and all these really cool, well-branded organizations. And so I, I did contract work with some of the consulting firms. I went out on my own. And I, I really went out on my own because I saw after working for Patagonia and how they did things and how engaged their employees were that other organizations weren't doing it. I was kind of shocked. Like I grew up in that corporate setting and then I went out and saw, wow, this is how people you know, treat their employees and the culture not being strong and not values-based. And so I just did a lot of organizational development, leadership development, a lot of um, uh, executive coaching. And so uh, in, well, 14 years ago, I decided to move to Sheridan. My family's here, my parents were aging, and I thought, you know, it's good timing. Um, and so I got here in 07, and the bottom dropped out. Uh, I was still doing some work for Microsoft remotely, and I was gonna start my practice here, and there was no work. And so for two years, um, I just got really creative. I actually started doing some photography, um, kind of started selling photography. I thought, I've got to do something in this gap and figure out what I want to do. And then I started getting connected into some businesses here and got asked to speak at a chamber luncheon. And I was like, wow, you know, I, I think I could have a practice here. And so I just started developing my practice. Um, I'm really fortunate. I... I have a handful of businesses that I work with here, and also Stacia Skredeberger works with me. Um, and we go in and really help businesses, uh, both for-profit and non-profit, um, become higher performing. And when I say that, it's not just about the bottom line. You know, how do we create a culture that people feel engaged, um, people want to come to work, and we do a great job in terms of carrying out our mission. Um, so that's really the majority of the work we do. Uh, most of my work is in Wyoming. I do some work in Montana. And then just recently um, got a, an internet company that I'm going to work with in rural Oregon. So that's kind of the combination of things. This is awesome. Yeah, may, we might be here all day. Yeah, we might um, be here all day. I had no idea about all these things. I'm learning so much. Yeah. I, yeah. I have so many comments. Um, for one, I want to talk about culture, and you mentioned it. And I think, I hate to be bring it up, but we're here as lady entrepreneurs. I think females come into it with a certain level of culture and understanding what motivates people to come to work, et cetera. I just made my first hire, which I'm so proud of. I'm As a business owner, it's a big milestone. Krista just did the same thing. Yep. And so to hire somebody, but to say, okay, now you're coming to work for me and I need you to do work for me. <laughs> <laughs> but establishing that culture and I want it to be fun. I want it to be motivating. And I want her to make as much money as possible. And she's, so um, we call her the squirrel manager. I am the squirrel. And she manages me. So I basically hired my own boss. 
But to motivate her to help me make money so that she can make money and create that job and that culture and have fun. I mean, I want it to be fun when people come to work with me and we joke and we laugh and we're silly. We've, we have all kinds of stuff going Bonafide on. Bonafide definitely has a specific work culture. You guys I definitely always tell do. All of my employees, this is going to be the hardest, funnest job you've ever had. I love it. And I'm never going to ask you to do anything that I am not going to do right alongside you or haven't done 5,000 times. But um, we just recently had a really cool video made at Sturgis in which uh, a friend of mine really showed what the Bonafide culture is and all the employees got to talk about what it what it meant and it was really cool to watch and so seeing knowing that there are companies out there that specifically develop workplace culture mm-hmm. is a, a revelation and I love I, that I yeah. think I think ladies and Laura you just touched on it I think ladies probably are a little bit more in tune to to that part of it um one of the best pieces of advice I got when I was starting I went to John Tucker he's the CEO of Vacutech here in Sheridan, Mm -hmm. and I literally rode my horse to his house and told told him to talk me out of this whole idea. Don't quit your nine-to-five job. Don't start (laughs) your own company. You just lost your husband, and you're a single mom, blah, blah, blah. But I, I did, and we went through it, and he didn't have anything negative to say, but I think the best nugget of advice that he gave me a new entrepreneur was to hire what I lack yeah I am not an organized person I'm a visionary I big thinker I have ideas and I can get started on a hundred different things and so hiring the squirrel manager (laughs) Meg um was probably the best thing I've done so far as a business owner Yeah, I would agree with that (laughs) because I am not organized at all. (laughs) So she, like I said before, was a valedictorian in high school. And I latched on to that after I heard about that because she was actually one of my brides um, turned friend. Um, But I heard that while I was photographing her while she was getting her hair done. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, you're I, might, the one. I was like, I might use you later. <laughs> yeah, I need she, you. Yeah. And she's talked about it before, like even before I shot her wedding, um, she's kind of mentioned that she wanted to get into that and she's never done it before. So I felt it was important to give her a chance to get into it. Um, and she's really good at it. I honestly haven't had time to look at everything that she's given me Mm. (laughs) I've had to be like okay Liz like (laughs) chill a little bit because (laughs) the disorganization brain isn't comprehending everything right now um but yeah I mean like the culture thing my whole thing is kindness that is my biggest Mm -hmm. um I would say part of my brand um just by knowing the wedding industry, there's a lot of people out there who don't follow that path and are really in it just for the money aspect um, coming from the photography industry. Mm-hmm. And I want people to actually feel listened to and cared about. And I want it to be like vice versa yeah. as well. So I also want to work with clients who care as much about me as well. So I really establish that kindness matters mm-hmm. um, in my business. So 
I love the clarity because I think that is what is so critical of mm. creating a culture. And what you said is about brand. And our brand is, it's the way we behave. Mm. It's how we show up. And the brand externally, really culture is a brand. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what we value. It's how we go about our day. It's how we treat people. And I think that when you have a strong brand and a strong culture, then you hire for that. And, you know, at times people will say, well, a culture needs to look this way. And I'm like, no, as an entrepreneur, you bring your values to your business. But I think that being intentional about it is so important mm -hmm. and being able to say, this is what my brand is or my culture. Yeah. 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 And sometimes that brand and culture is kind of, it's not necessarily traditional. I mean, a sense of humor, yeah, having fun and kindness. I mean, these aren't, and this is probably where us ladies are probably bring it. I, it's a different way what you're yeah. talking about, that yep. collaborative nature. Mm -hmm. I mean, you said that I want it to be as good for my employee as me. Yep. I mean, that from what I've seen is much more of how female entrepreneurs mm -hmm. show up. So Anto, I was going to ask you, um, we've been talking about culture and you've created such a culture and was such loyal. I mean, one thing I can always say about your people, just it's easily observable and I say this as a customer and your friend um all of Heather everyone they're they're loyal to your brand and to your company how would how do you think you've established that and how have you you know I have been in this industry a very long time and part of the things that I experienced as a very young woman I started apprenticing in Europe at 13 um, in a time in the culinary industry when there were no, and I mean no, female representatives of, of power. We had Julia Child, who was fabulous. I had an opportunity to meet her as a young woman. And, you know, sadly, the, the male pressures in the industry drove her to alcoholism. And um, also had the privilege of working with Martha Stewart at a very young age. And she was a, a driven and cold woman. She does not have a reputation for being a kind an equitable employer. Um, and so as I moved my way up through the ranks of um, the culinary world and becoming um, a high level executive chef, um, I just found myself wanting to establish to people that, you know, um, even in the chef world, you know, there's the concept of whatever the chef says goes, everybody answers with yes, chef, and they can tell you to jump off the roof and you say, yes, chef. Um, but that if you were going to lead someone into battle or a very busy Friday night in one of the world's finest restaurants, um, you have to instill in people that this is something that you're doing together. This is a, a moment of, you know, everyone together is what makes it happen. While a four-star Michelin restaurant is of course going to recognize the executive chef. Um, it's his 25 people, Garmaze, Saucier, the dishwasher, the busboys that actually make that four-star Michelin experience. And so um, establishing for me, and especially with Bonafide, the fact that, you know, Brian and I are self-made. Bonafide means to be real and genuine. and even on our bad days, we truly try and represent authenticity. And, uh, you know, in the culinary industry, you spend 
more time with your people in the kitchen than you do with your own family. And so you do inherently become a type of family with all of your pluses and minuses, dysfunctions and uh, things that work. And so um, really just being in tune with my employees, asking them to go as hard as we do, and then in turn rewarding them as well. Uh, you know, my staff will tell you that we take adventures and go camping. And, um, you know, if I'm going to ask you to be with me 16 hours today, uh, we're going to feed you well. I'm going to check in on you. We're going to just make sure that everyone's having a good time and feels good about the product or the event or whatever it is that we are producing. And I think that came to me, too, from my family. My mom is was also uh a very driven restaurant entrepreneur. And to this day, you know, all these, almost 40 years later, um, I still have employees that were my parents um, that check in on me and cheerlead for Bonafide. And um, that, I've always kind of questioned, like, how do you establish loyalty, you know? Uh, and it has to be reciprocal. Mm -hmm. People have to know that you're going to be there for them and they'll be there for you. Mm -hmm. Lori, you'll probably have a, super comment on that as for what you do your consulting business as far uh, as I, lo I love it <laughs> like you are so clear about who you are and how you show up and I think that authenticity and loyalty and that's something that we're seeing in so many cultures today that there isn't that loyalty but I really believe if you care about your people you you are collaborative um, you ch you know, just that, check in on them, see how they're doing, make sure that they are feeling good every day when they show up. You know, as part of what motivated me to, to go into this field is that we spend so much time at work and you want people to really um, uh, grow and be better from it. So when they go home, you know, we impact people's lives. They go home and then they're with their families, they're out in the community, all those things. And when they have a really meaningful, good work life, then it impacts the rest of their life. And so I think that's what 100%. I really saw working for Patagonia. I mean, I, I, incredible opportunity. And interestingly enough, the time that I was there, it was a female CEO um, Yvonne Chenard did a, um, an article in Outdoor Magazine, and he said that he preferred to hire female executives. And, I mean, oh, people went crazy. They were upset that he said it. You know, this was in the 80s. <laughs> but I grew when up in a... Like nurturing. You don't need a nurturing boss. <laughs> no, isn't it crazy? And so I, that's what I grew up with. So you could imagine then I get out in the world, business world, and I'm like, oh, like this is different. Yeah, and I think, I really think using people to their strengths, um, I am not an organized, I am a purebred, thoroughbred salesperson. I am, I'm, I just am. <laughs> I'm not organized <laughs> or anything, but I hired somebody who exceptionally was. Krista, my darling, um, was, we worked alongside each other in a certain capacity, and she is an artist brain. Of the most, of the most <laughs> pure type, but fitting into that nine to five box just didn't work. No, not at all. That, that was always like my issue, even from when I got out of college, like even in college, I 
worked at 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> like I was not a morning person. Um, I was a nighttime only person. Um, and then in college, the nine to five just really burnt me out um, when I started working for Lord and Taylor. And I was young, like I was 24. I'm only 30. So <laughs> it's been like a short span of time with all that stuff yeah. happening. Um, but yeah, I just learned at a young age that it wasn't for me and I needed to do something about it. And I never wanted to stay in Pennsylvania, like ever. Like I wanted to get out of there since I was like 10. <laughs> and I knew there was something bigger out there for me. And even my roommate uh, in, col in college, who was from California, kept telling me, you don't belong here. And I had no idea what that meant because I've never been out west before. <laughs> so just doing that road trip with her really opened up my eyes of all like the possibilities. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I got to watch Krista go from um, trying to stuff herself into the nine to five box, it not working. <laughs> late all the time. <laughs> not showing up sometimes. <laughs> I'm taking a nap for the next three hours or so. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. But, and then seeing her start her own company and something that fit her, mm -hmm. which is wonderful. And I think that's why all of us are here is because we just didn't fit in the box and yeah. started yeah. our own deal. But, but we had to. But Megan, I think what you said about both of you knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are. And we had had a question to kind of think about that for ourselves. And I think a good, strong entrepreneur knows what they do well and knows what they don't do well. Mm -hmm. And then gets that support to be able to have others who do that well and really collaborate and appreciate what they bring. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you can do what you do best. Yeah. And then appreciate them. Absolutely. And create the culture. It all kind of feeds into itself. Um, I, I'm going to have to have you ladies. I'm looking for references because I am going in like five different directions right now. And I find myself like I need a personal assistant. I need someone to be like, Anto, you need to write this blog and you need to do this thing. And um, I can't say I'm disorganized because you cannot be a caterer and be disorganized. But mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have a business or an office mind. I've always been very mm -hmm. product driven. What's the result? And so, you know, finding someone and like I literally get anxiety when I have to sit down at my computer in my office and focus on creating invoices and things. Oh my and gosh. That's the I'm worst. Starting yeah. to realize All of us. <laughs> can I just invoices. point out the trend and... Anto, you're on this too. Between you and Aaron and Laura and myself and Krista, we're all bobbing our heads yeah. desperately. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm organized enough to get my mission yep. done, which is digital marketing. I can put together a strategy, blah, 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 blah. I can do all that. But then when it comes to sending the invoice, yeah, I'd rather jump off a cliff <laughs> or even like, I always said to people, I can organize other people, but mm -hmm. I can't organize myself because yeah. I write the timelines for the whole day and I have it like each time, like what we're doing and it's so organized and that's like the favorite thing of all my clients mm -hmm. is that I actually, like they don't have to worry. They walk in stress-free. Yeah. That's like my motto. I don't want to stress. I don't want them to stress. But when it comes to me and then like the editing part, I'm like, oh, I don't have to think about this for three months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just need someone to have me on task the whole time or I, I won't do it. <laughs> all yeah. of us, I sure did, you did, 
had to hire my own boss. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody to essentially keep me on task and not in a bad way at all. It's just, I have a certain brain and it needs, we got to focus the, um, the arrow to the target. I want to go it's back really to amazing as I'm growing in this year, like coming to 50 and going, wow, these are the things you need to know. And it's okay to delegate and ask someone else to yes. tell yep. you what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Delegation. Um, I want to go to this question because I feel like all of you are going to have a great answer. How does someone go about or how let's keep this specific. How does a woman that wants to be an entrepreneur find out what her strengths are or what her weaknesses are? Well, Anto, yeah, we're starting with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, one, I think that when if you're going to be choosing to be a female entrepreneur, you need to choose something that suits your strengths. I mean, obviously, there are people who completely do a 180 and do something totally different with their life other than what they have learned in college or professionally. Um, for myself, when it comes to strengths or weaknesses, and this is a funny little inset, um, I had previously owned another restaurant and a couple of other businesses, um, but not until I got ready to start Bonafide did I actually um, reach out to the Wyoming Small Business Development Center. And she's retired now, but I still, I tell people all the time, one of my most successful experiences was a woman named Susan Yerke. And you know, the SBDC, they really help small businesses with with every little step from your business plan through whatever. And um, she and I laughed because I said, Susan, I've had some really successful companies, but I've never written a business plan. And so she walked me through all of the painful Excel spreadsheets and all this stuff. And it really helped me to recognize what my weaknesses were going forward of the business. I knew how to do food cost. I knew what it took to throw a party. I knew what it took to build a kitchen, but I didn't know small business taxes and employment rules and a million other things. And so, um, you know, exposing yourself to a learning opportunity and being really open to say, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not. I resonate so much yeah. with this. I can't even tell you. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> I also think a lot of it is following your gut mm-hmm. as well because there have been so many times where I've wanted to do this and then I have a really, like, I'm really bad with self-doubt. That is, like, my biggest thing. Um, luckily, I have Spencer who tells me, like, you can do it, but... um I think just going with your gut and your intuition and there's a lot of photographers who are scared to kind of go into their business because they're worried that they're not good enough um, because there's so many different styles out there. Um, And the one thing that I actually told someone who was nervous to go in full time um, was just imagine, and this is what I had to tell myself, was just imagine where would you be if you like started now? Like, if you spent all that time worrying and of what it could be, where could you be by now? And so that has kind of kept me going as a business owner. Um, Even when I felt like I wasn't getting any business, I was like, no, I got to keep trying because what if, like, I give up? Like, where would I be? So that was one thing that 
I had to try and tell other people in the in the past. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really good advice. Sometimes you just have to start. Just that's yeah, often the hardest part. Mm-hmm. We just we'll get ourselves like mired to the ground with these eighty pound concrete boots of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I just take the first step, you know? But then suddenly when you lift that one eighty pound boot and you take that giant step forward, it's like, oh hey, wait. I could run a marathon. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that of listening to yourself and trusting yeah. yourself, because I think the great thing about being an entrepreneur is the market tells you very quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> of what you're good at and what you're not good at. I mean, your customer will tell you mm-hmm. and you get more business. I mean, I think really showing up, listening, paying attention. Um, I, I think most entrepreneurs and I think all of you have talked about it. There are things that you do well. There are things you're passionate about. And then it's a matter of getting out there and trial and error. And I think that's the risk piece. And Krista, you were talking about, um, you know, I knew I didn't fit. Well, instead of staying in that box, you're like, no, I'm going to try something else. And she did. I watched her. It was was awesome. Scary. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I went from like not even being able to pay my bills, even with a nine to five. I was struggling. I was super depressed and everything. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I tried being a teacher. I tried um, doing graphic design like mm-hmm. with Megan yeah. <laughs> um, and it just didn't feel right. It was always, you know, photography and working with people and um, just, I needed that support though from the community. If I didn't have my friends and my family telling me like I could do it, it would have taken longer <laughs> to but finally jump off that ledge Chris's and do it. Chris's performance and work showed up for it i mean it was it spoke for itself she, yeah oh, thank yeah. you <laughs> well, and you and have, did it but and you have people around you that are willing to be honest with you yeah mm-hmm. and and i think that's so mm-hmm. important yeah yeah um you know it's weird even as a successful woman in one realm um i'm currently branching off into women's motivational speaking and i wrote a book in 2019 that's about to be a big darn thing and here I am like this confident chef. I know I can run this company, but I often wake up and say like, am I making an impact? Like women's women in industry can be hard too. So like from the motivational side and women in moto, it's been encouraging to have so many ladies across the country reach out to me on this journey and be like, I wake up every morning and I watch your story and find out where you're at. And you're pushing me to do my thing, do my exercise, do whatever it is. And I, I share with all of those ladies and with you and all these people that will listen, you know, just because you are successful, whatever that definition is in the world, doesn't mean that you don't also wake up with self-doubt and be like, is this for real? Am I doing this? Is it it okay? Am I meeting a bar? Does it have an impact? Um, So you're always questioning, growing, mm -hmm. expanding, and I've just been trying to be very present in like, this is me. And it'll resonate with who it resonates with and it yeah. won't who it won't. <laughs> I love that. And so I'm going to pop right on top of that. And I really do think that females, women, and this is kind of why I wanted to organize a specifically female um, panel, experience that in a very acute way. Um, I think women internalize things in a different way that maybe men do. Even us, we're all probably super type A. God bless us all. <laughs> Um, but we, 
probably internalize certain, are we good enough? Are we doing enough? Are we, are we showing up in the space that we need to show up at, at the level that we need to show up at? Whereas a man can show up in a suit and we just assume he's good enough. Women feel like we need to prove ourselves I guess yeah. well that's a great way to put it yeah especially yeah. like I remember first starting out I had I when I interned at polo I was terrified because <laughs> like it's polo yeah yeah <laughs> and I'm still in college and there was a guy there who was more of like a tech person but he knew a lot about cameras like he knew the ins and outs and you know, I'm still like learning. I know how to take a, fic- a picture, but I don't know like all the specs all the time. Um, and he just starts quizzing me and questioning and everything. And just to see if I know what I'm talking about, if I'm like right for the job. And I've gotten that so many times, even at Lord and Taylor, I was like hazed when I first got there because I was right out of college and I was starting as a manager, like lead photographer, and people didn't think I knew what I was doing. And I had two other male lead photographers on either side of me who were questioning me all the time. Do you know what you're doing? Um, and I had to prove myself 10 times harder to them. Don't um, you want to say to them, I'm here? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, had, oh I had the one guy, which is like my, is, we're friends now, <laughs> but I really didn't like him in yeah. the beginning. Um, he um, handed me a paintbrush because you had to use it to brush stuff like the dust off of like shoes and everything to take the product photography. And I had a painting degree and um, it was like a Home Depot paintbrush. And he's like, do you know how to use this? And I was like, well, considering I have a degree in painting, (laughs) but it's just like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I recently, um, (laughs) and I don't want to, I am thrilled about this client and I don't want to embarrass him because I told him to throw him under the bus (laughs) (laughs) it's sweet Joey at Joey's fly fishing so shout out to that organization which is phenomenal but recently um we had a call and I brought in a male partner in my business and he assumed that I had been hired by the man Mm -mm. (laughs) you set him straight yeah yeah we we clarified and it wasn't a it wasn't a rude comment. It wasn't, he wasn't implied. It was just, it's how people's brains work. They assume that, um, and I said, no, I'm the owner of the company. Um, but things like that, I, it's, as a female, there are particular challenges. There just are. And women are perfectly capable. I'm, um, we're equal but different, but there are particular challenges as female business owners. Mm-hmm. Anto, what's your comment on that? Because you're the most powerhouse lady I know. <laughs> Thank you. That's tremendously flattering. I, I, uh, working on learning to accept compliments. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, you know, the culinary industry is the oldest uh, male-driven centric uh, industry that there is. And from the time I was a very young woman, um, I have been hazed, abused, sexually harassed. Uh, I think I may have once told you the story about how these guys locked me in a steam kettle overnight because they were trying to get me to go home from apprenticing where I was. but I've always just sort of met it with a, a little bit of resilience. I'm definitely a Leo and a warrior. And it's like, you're I, a fire I, I sign. I'm an Aries. 
I know that hey, I belong <laughs> in this industry. And I've known since I was young that I had talent. And it was really a matter of like figuring out how you navigate that place as a woman. And then, of course, being I'm of petite stature, I tell people I'm I'm uh, little, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm uh, you know, strong. And so making sure that people know that I'm, I'm here to work. I'm here to establish my what I'm doing with my talent, creating those things and just really against the male patriarchy. It's like, no, I'm not going to BJ my way to the top. And that's a terrible right. thing to have Absolutely. to say, but yeah. it's a real like, oh, well, if you'd like the sous chef position, you could meet me in my office at four. Gross. And it's like, awful. Um, FYI, I'm really good with knives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but I, that uh, resilience. This method yeah. Laura, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. My tongue. That I love the resilience when you talk about that. I, I think that you really have to have that as a female. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, when I got into consulting, I worked in banking first. They put me into banking. So it was all men in suits. And I come in, I'm like 30 years old, and they yep. look at me. I mean, it's like I'm going to eat you alive. Yep. And I just really had to show up and be strong. I, I used a sense of humor though. And I think that helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was interesting in Seattle and I ended up doing a lot of work in technology and that kind of went away for me. I, I didn't think much about it. Um, I was very well accepted. I did high level executive coaching most with men. And so it was a real interesting thing to come here as an entrepreneur and back to Wyoming. And I just found that it was different culturally. Mm -hmm. And I had to walk a, a much different line. And I felt in some ways kind of starting over of how I had to show up. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I totally resonate with that because Wyoming is a whole different bag of tricks for, you know, I love Western culture and all the things that we have, but as women, entrepreneurs and leaders, yeah. um, certain people in the community tend to look at you like, oh, you know, I have tattoos and I don't always have the most um, ladylike demeanor. And sometimes it, it comes across, especially to in the in Wyoming as, you know, brazen or she's too sassy for that or yeah. whatever. But then the ones who who like it, you know, years later now, Greg Von Krozik is my my very favorite. He was the city attorney when I started Bonafide, and he and I did not get off on a on a good foot. And now he's my personal attorney. He he loves that I have lots of fire. He loves that I'm gonna stand up for you know women in business and mobile vending and all the stuff that's happening in Wyoming. And it was really just a way of navigating into letting people see you for who you are mm -hmm. in in business. I think women, um, I truly do, and I've experienced this myself, is I'm too much. I'm too loud. I'm too obnoxious, whatever. And go find less then. Yeah. I I agree with that. I, I <laughs> am what I am, and I'm tired of not being what I am. I, it is what it is. I, um, so I think women really need to embrace that. I think women show up differently. We have a different energy, different presence, different um, methodical way of doing things, um, different, I don't know, I, we're just different. We are different. I think you have to be 
sure of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, That was one thing that I struggled with. I was always very, a very timid person, still kind of am in some situations. Um, But as soon as I'm in my zone, it's like, like I've had people see me as the person I am outside of work and then working and they're like, what, (laughs) 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 who who are you? And I'm like, oh, I just turn on the, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but it's interesting when you're talking about Patagonia because I actually applied for outdoor research as a photographer in Seattle. And um, it was me up against um, another guy. And I didn't get the job because, and the guy did. And I was like heartbroken because that was where the industry I wanted to go into was adventure mm-hmm. uh, photography. Cause you know, I didn't know that there were, th- there was the wedding side of it yet. Yeah. Um, but when I started doing my business, so um, Spencer has his business and we went to this giant outdoor retailer mm-hmm. um, in Denver and they were there and I went up to them <laughs> and I just said hi and she was like startled that I was even there and she's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, well, he owns a business and I own a business now and I told them about it and the guy that they hired was there too. And it was so weird. They all just like hid from me, (laughs) but it was just like, it's like one of those things where, you know, if people, when people don't see your true potential, it makes you work harder Mm -hmm. to show that to others. I think that's where ladies are at. I really do. Yeah, I think there is a certain, and I'm, I, I really do think that there is a certain extra level of energy that you have to put in as a female. To show and, up. And, and that ends up serving you. Yeah. I, I think it really does. And that was something in coming to Wyoming. I was blown away by the women here in leadership and also so collaborative. I mean, I've had to work a little bit harder, but because of that, they show up and their products and services, just higher quality. And for me, the reason I got into um, a lot of, of organizations here or introductions through women. And I just feel so grateful to the women in this community because they gave me the platform. And then once people got to know me, they're like, oh, gosh, you have a lot to offer. But they, I had a hard time getting in the door. Yep. And I'm going to piggyback right on the word collaborative. Um, So I'm in digital marketing. I'm in marketing. And I am always trying to work collaboratively instead of competitively. And it served me well. And I, I honestly, going back, keeping the um, theme, I think it's kind of a female trait to not necessarily work against somebody, to work with people. So I'm working with several of the marketing, Erin, you and I are going to talk, <laughs> um, <laughs> working with other marketers in locally and in, within the region. And it served me well. It served them well, but more importantly, my business, it served my clients well. Yeah. And so to work collaboratively and to get those platforms, as you said, and I, a lot of it has been, I mean, gosh bless, we came here because I called Dixie Johnson, the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, um, just working with people. And I think that's one of the strengths that oftentimes women have that, Men probably do too, but in a different way. Yeah, women show up more in that way, Mm -hmm. and I see them use that more in business. And we support each other Mm -hmm. a lot too. I think it's super important in that you have something to learn Mm -hmm. 
from your competitor or can use or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. combined strengths mm -hmm. um i want to hear all your guys's answers about why why is it in the tech industry when you're working in the tech industry in the banking industry on the west coast that they accepted they accepted the consulting right and i i had a thought of was it was it they knew these companies you were working for are big successful companies and they're they're going to put everything aside and say hey if you're going to if we're going to be successful we're going to listen to you um and i wonder was that kind of the switch of you come to small town wyoming and you know these business owners are like well i've been business and you know for 40 years you know why do i need to change something you know i want to hear why why we think that difference um yeah that difference yeah. there yeah, yeah. Don't want you to put you on the spot, but no, like it's a uh, great question. Yeah, um, I think because stereotypically, why why you think of this? Like most people would maybe think stereotypically, those you know now there were some big there are there yeah, are situation in big it. companies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think to be successful, you really do need to be open to others taking a look, evaluation. Um, but it also, it costs money. And so I think for the larger organizations, they were willing to invest in that way and saw the value. Um, and it was kind of the norm there. And when I came here, what I realized is people were used to, quote, training, where you came in and you taught a subject. And so I think to a certain degree, it hadn't evolved into the way that some of those larger organizations worked. And so when I got here and I talk about executive coaching, people didn't understand it. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, what are you going to give me? And so uh, it was probably about six years. I've been here for 13 years. It was probably, I shouldn't even say six, probably eight years into it. People started understanding executive coaching and were more open to it. So at least you could start out and do a little bit of that. And then they saw the value and it's like, wow. And then they talk about it or you do more in um, across the business. So I think it maybe was just not familiar with it. Um, like some of the larger organizations, like you said, you know, when you're working with Fortune I, 500 companies. I recently did a sales consultation training, essentially. Um, I was brought over to South Dakota to train a broadcasting company to train digital marketing. So I had a team of, um, of salespeople and they're working with clients, but very similar. These people, they saw that a client was, or a consultant was coming in, rolled their eyes. And I said, I'm not going to give you death by PowerPoint. I'm not going <laughs> to train you into the ground. We're going to do some, I mean, we got to get you up to speed, but then we're going to do one-on-ones. I'll work with mm -hmm. you, get to know you specifically as an individual, your strengths, weaknesses. Um, there's no shame in it. And then go out in the field with you and we'll, we'll do the real deal with you and then review. And it worked out well. Um, the, the whole team, they went from, they didn't want to touch digital marketing with a 10-foot pole, but I've got all the sales team, and they all call me all the time, and it's great. I mean, I welcome it. I, it's wonderful, but yeah, a different model of, of consultation for sure. Yeah, yeah. Krista, Antoine, anything to add on that one? I know that's kind of niche for uh, Megan and Laura there, but... Not from a consulting point. I was thinking, you know, the collaboration point of just for us and Bonafide's reputation of 
welcoming other food vendors into mm. our kitchen, mm -hmm. giving people advice about how to be a more successful mobile vendor, caterer, farmer's market producer, um, you know, just building that bigger table and not a higher fence. People often ask me, Anto, how come you're so, um, you know, gosh, you just give your knowledge to these people. And I feel like it's a gift. No, nobody gave me that knowledge. I had to right. learn it the hard knocks way. And I always said, if if I could use my, my little bit of experience to help someone else expand their experience, because they're going to put their signature on it. You know, competition makes us stronger, not less than. And when and you so tell people, you see someone else doing well, and it makes you feel that little like, oh, I can do that, or I can drive harder. The intrinsic nature is whatever you're doing, photography, digital marketing, whatever, you're always going to put your personal energy into that. So it is your individual signature. But and Anto, together, can I pause you? And so you can yes. explain a little bit about your community kitchen and how you're helping the other food trucks in town. Yes. Um, so you're basically so just to, she's training and helping her direct yeah. competition. Yeah, awesome. Uh, you know, um, we started Bonafide with this little teeny tiny kitchen. And I mean like 12 by 16. And we did our first year rodeo out of this little baby space and um, it did not have enough refrigeration. So here we are with all this food for the, the YO rodeo. And I reached out to all these people that I knew and the lovely ladies at the co-op were like, sure, you can use our fridge. And the ladies at the school district were like, sure, you can use our fridge. And um, I said to myself then that year, if I can ever afford to grow this company to a point where we can make a kitchen for everyone because so much of deciding to get into a food-based business um, is extremely cost prohibitive to build a commercial level kitchen just the most basics cost 10 grand and that's a huge investment for people and so when the opportunity came for us to buy the property where um, community commissary is the old fry construction building it was a weird building brian and i had a vision and i said i want this to be a space where everyone can use, where they can bounce creative ideas off of, where you can just test something. And so um, as I'm voicing these things, I had been asked that year to speak at the Fab Women's Conference, and I was terrified. I, for all of my speaking ability, standing <laughs> up in front of roomfuls of women was like, oh, God. <laughs> um, and I had some great local mentors like Shelly Kinnison and Bonnie Gregory and um, Amy from Civic uh, who were like, Anto, you got this. And behind my back, they had helped me. One of the big things for the commissary kitchen was enough refrigeration space. And walk-in fridges are very, very spendy. And these ladies helped us to create a GoFundMe. I didn't I didn't realize that this was happening. Um, Catherine Law from OnlyCo was also a huge contributor to that. And these ladies raised $10,000 wow. to help buy this walk-in so that we could have this for our community. So um, the kids from Daily Grind produce all of their burritos and baked goods at uh, the commissary. Um, Maxwell Foster, who had fired up food truck. Um, there's a new food truck coming to Sheridan that's going to be doing cheese curds and things. And um, just by being willing to help more and more people, I mean, the health inspector told these new people, if you need to know something, ask Anto. She's going to share with you. And I just look at it like if you have to learn the hard way and it's going to cost you, 
you know, $5 or $5,000 and someone else can give you that knowledge, that little leg up, a, a space to have a start, to even see if this is for you uh, was just a dream to be able to say, hey, you know, maybe you make the best apricot bread ever, but you don't know if you can make 200 apricot breads and you need a place to test that out. And so community commissary exists for that purpose so that, that. Um, yeah. anyone interested so that's... in building food service can do that. Yeah. And so that's that collaboration as opposed to competition, Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Love which that. I think is a lady. I, I really do. Well, I think. love seeing the success of others. I think there's nothing more rewarding yeah. yep. than getting in and seeing someone else yeah. be successful. That you got to put that light in yeah. them. Yeah. That's like my favorite thing. Cause like I said, there's so many people who follow me on like these social media platforms I've never met in my life. And then just like them telling me, you inspire me. And I'm like, I do. But at the same time, like, okay, we'll go for it. Like, I like just telling them and giving them like the education. Because like what Anto said, like, you put your own signature on everything. Yeah. Um, no one's ever going to be exactly like you. Someone could copy off an idea, but they're still going to put us like, you know, a different twist onto it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just super important. Mm -hmm. One. Well, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, one and client success as well. I mean, I'm very client based. Laura, you probably are too. Krista, you are too. Anto, people buy burritos from you and they think they're delicious. But <laughs> um, <Good> <laughs> we just from a client standpoint and seeing their success is unbelievably re rewarding. Mm -hmm. uh, not again, not to be yeah. dark, but my husband was murdered. I had to plan a funeral. Sudden. It turned into a conversation. One of my clients is the funeral home. We've increased their um, their client base by about 50%. And I can show them that trackability. I mean, this is any situation. Mm -hmm. We can turn it into a success. Um, so just seeing the, just how you can help people in any way. And it, some sometimes it's a little bit a preposterous situation, but... Just go with that. Well, and the thing that stands out for me that I do think um, sets women entrepreneurs apart is that wanting to help. I mean, everybody's used that word and talked about it here. And I think when we look at women in business, we also have to take such care because oftentimes you come last and you have to make sure there's a balance there. And I think that's, when we talk about strengths and weaknesses in that way, I think it's something I see pretty consistently with women um, entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And just like, how do I make sure I feed myself mm -hmm. so I have enough to be able to give big as deal. much as yeah, you give? big deal. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm now a I'm single. I need something to put into that, that maybe you guys have some feedback. Uh-huh. Um, so, of course, everybody calls me the hardest working woman alive, right? Anto's always doing all this stuff, um, which I just considered normal. And now here I am out here on this motorcycle journey. And very interestingly to the 75 positive, like you're inspiring me. This is so empowering. I really admire that you're doing this. You also have this small percentage of the haters who are like, oh, you guys were struggling so hard through 2020 last year. Must be nice to take a month-long vacation. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. oh. Those people have no background about why I'm out here, how I'm out here, Go how I'm paying I for am. it. 
But it seems like when you get to a certain level of success, mm -hmm. even if your reputation is to be helpful, inspiring, driven, you get these this negative impact too, where people are feeling resentment towards your yep. growth or expansion. And how do you ladies deal with that? Or have you had to deal I'm with gonna that? I'm going to point this oh. one to Krista because I've seen, I mean, going back to breaking out of the cage of the nine to five. Oh, you've seen people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've definitely have had the, Oh, it must be nice to take photos for a living. And because people think, think, that, you know, snapping a picture is so easy. Um, and, you know, there are people who are hobbyists that, you know, and I support those people as well because um, I think that it's great that they want to learn. But it also does um, kind of hinder the people who are doing it as a full-time living um, because it is easy to take a picture. Like, anyone can take a picture. You can use your cell phone to take a picture. Um, but... We're going to put Krista's work on the website, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just the aspect of, I don't know, when, when people say that to me, I just kind of nod my head and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just, yeah, sure, it's really easy. And then I guess that's what I like to do in my platforms is really show people what I'm doing. So, I, like, all the traveling and – um just the editing part that people don't think about after taking the photos. Photography is 5% taking photos, 95% editing, <laughs> and all the marketing and everything else. Um, and I mean, I just, I don't know, it's just like, go ahead and try it for yourself kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and see what you can do. And if they can figure it out, then that's awesome. But a lot of people who see me behind the scenes are like, I have absolutely no idea like what you're doing. And even like I go to therapy, my therapist, I was telling her about, um, you know, all this editing I have. And she's like, I had absolutely no idea that all of that went into photography. And I was like, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, yeah. And we get, you know, we at weddings, we get the uncles coming up to us who, you know, say, oh, must be nice. Like, that's what I hear the most, <laughs> but wow. you just got to shake it off because as long as, you know, I think it's important that as long as you see your growth and other people see, there are other people who see what you're doing, it kind of keeps you on that path of not listening to those people putting yeah. you down the whole time. And then there, like without having to tell people about all of the backstory and hardship that has driven me to this point of positivity mm -hmm. i keep looking for that optimal reply to um you know you you don't know all the reasons why i'm out here mm -hmm. um but i do anything and everything mm -hmm. i do in my life at this point with a great deal of thought and yeah. investment and looking at the stuff you know I, I recently just had a a client reach out to me who was like oh i see now why you couldn't do our party before thanksgiving because you're out having a vacation oh and i was like rude but yeah. okay <laughs> yeah yeah wow yeah. Like, this, this is not a vacation I, i'm technically working yeah. Um, I'm, yeah i'm working on a second book i'm working on myself yeah. i'm working on a lot of things and it's it's work yeah. and uh having people respect or resonate with that uh you know there's always that little hint of like i said resentment or jealousy yeah. from yeah. people who 
I get a lot. I get a lot from once I quit the nine to five. They pretty much just thought that I was. uh, Again, my husband was murdered. I got a tremendous generosity from the community, but I'm not living off of that. So I'm raising a three year old and a six year old, managing a thirty five acre farm, and trying to build a business. It's a lot of work. Um, It's not that I'm not working. I'm working all day, every day. Yeah, people don't see the behind the scenes. Like I have, I bought a Volkswagen bus (laughs) um, and I am working on making that into something that I can travel in so that I can sleep in it. I don't have to spend money on hotels and um, that's going to be part of my brand as well eventually. But no one knows that I'm doing that. No one knows that I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about with engines. The <laughs> yeah, and like, <laughs> and it's not only that. It's you know, you everyone has stuff that happens to them, like in their personal lives outside of their work, and especially as a business owner. Um, you know, we're always going, going, going. And it's like, as soon as we take a break, people are like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's how I feel. Uh, yeah. um, or like, if I don't answer someone back for a whole day, I feel guilty yeah. because I could have, but I also needed to just kind of collect myself again. So I have energy, like, you know. It's a con- yeah. yeah. I mean, energy. you've given me advice, Megan, before. You've seen me like I'm so exhausted and so just yeah, <laughs> just. But but cheering. that's where I think you have to have your supporters. Yeah. Um, because the more successful you get and are able to do the things you're doing, and good for you for doing it. I think it's fabulous. Um, I think you have to have those people that are gonna have your back and say no, you're doing the right thing because it's really easy. It's a slippery slope to start taking those things in, that negative feedback, and people that are jealous or envious, whatever. I think you can't give it too much energy. And then you just try and put your focus over with those people that are your cheerleaders and love what you're doing and love who you are. And that is easier said. I love to have good cheerleaders. So they do take away from the... uh, the naysayers yeah it's a good balance so if we were speaking to new lady entrepreneurs um people who are hoping to get into the space laura you're a consultant um how would we find those cheerleaders i met you thank goodness bobby put me right at your table and then i spoke to dixie the ceo of the chamber and she put you in touch for this podcast um how would you find that if you don't have that support built in? A lot yeah. of people don't. I don't. You know, I, I think you have to seek it out. Um, I agree. And, you know, there are, I think there's so many great women in this community. Um, Stacia Skredeberg, who, who works with me, um, I remember she just asked me to lunch and said, can I pick your brain? And this was probably 10 years ago. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to share how to be successful in this business. And... Um, I think just taking the risk to ask and some people are going to love to share and others aren't. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, it's like, okay, thank you. And for those that do of really surrounding yourself in that way, but Dixie at the changer chamber, I think is amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But I usually go to other women who are successful Mm -hmm. because I believe that they're successful because they surround themselves with great people. I totally agree. I completely agree. I, I don't have family support or any, any support. 
<laughs> but I've had to build it. Yeah. And I have. Mm-hmm. And I, here we are. Yeah. I, there's a lot of support to be had. You do have to put yourself out there to yeah. take it. Yeah. I think being authentic mm-hmm. is important because people want to actually know who you are and not, you know, just a fake face for your business. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that always kind of bothers me is when I can tell that people are putting on like a fake kind of front of who they really are and then you get to know them and it's Mm -hmm. like oh (laughs) you're not this person (laughs) that came across this way um one person who I really really look up to and I will forever tell her this even though she's told me we're on the same level as Cassie Madden and she's a wedding photographer here in Sheridan and she's just amazing but she actually was one of my biggest supporters when I got started I second shot with her at a wedding and ever since I was like smitten with her (laughs) and but she really helped me she was like always like Krista these are incredible and just hearing that from someone that you look up to is super super important because it kept me going when I'm like I put my stuff in I tried to get into Rocky Mountain Bride magazine and they denied me because my stuff was like too dark apparently for their style and I went to her and I was like do you think I have another chance and she's like absolutely like and she's been in there all the time like they know her personally so I think that just kind of latching on to almost like a mentor is important um, as well so yeah culture mentor collaboration I mean and I think these are authenticity that is authenticity the biggest thing I And I truly do think these are kind of the ladies, lady strengths. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, as far as us ladies charging in the business world on our own, I think these are some of our strengths as entrepreneurs. Love it. I'm great stopping point. And um, I'm glad you, this has been great because I'm just sitting here like, okay, we need to ask this question. Then you guys go right into that topic. I'm like, I don't need to ask it. I don't need to, I don't need to stop the flow. Um, that was all wonderful. Um, the moderator. <laughs> you know. Um, We're just mind you, reading, which when, is a, another great characteristic. Yeah. Yeah. One well. of the things about a podcast that I tell people is if they're talking, it's easy for me because I just get to listen and then like, you know, I just keep letting them talk. Like I don't need to do anything. Um, I just want to say this has been awesome. Um, I'm a... I'm a high school football coach, um, and we're heading out to state, you know, so like in, in the realms of business, I mean, this is it like, and, uh, you guys, all you ladies have been hitting on some things. That's like, man, like we tell our boys this all the time, you know, there's culture, there's, um, you know, I I just got lists over here. Um, and it's awesome to hear that from, from you all, because it's like, man, this, you know, it's not fake, you know, this isn't fake stuff that we're selling to you guys, you know, and, um, so anyways, I just want to say that's super cool that like this is unprompted, you know, didn't give any of you ladies Very any of that stuff. So um, to finish out, I would like everyone to, this is like your plug time. So um, kind of upcoming projects or things you guys have been proud of, um, you know, like, so Anton will have you start, you know, you finished a book, you've got another book. Um, maybe what uh, can people expect about the food truck? Are we going to see it back on the street? Um, and so we'll start on the Google meets and this is kind of how we'll end out. we'll go through the room here. Uh, first, I would like to say thank you both to Aaron and Gobi Wyo and to Megan for putting this panel together. This has been um, such a fun morning. Uh, and this super quick recap of things. Biggest question in Sheridan, when will Bonafide return to the street? Um, 
sadly, we will probably never be a daily street service business again. But we will be out for Sheridan Winter Wire Rodeo. We are talking about a potential for a brick and mortar. Um, there are some things that could be coming with that. Um, working with my publisher right now, and um, you guys will be seeing a first book debut, hopefully coming in February. Uh, apparently, that's when you launch if you want to get onto the New York Times bestseller list. Um, even Star Moto Evangelist is going to keep making her way um, around the country. I'm writing all 50 states by 50 um, for myself and also in representation for missing, murdered, and indigenous women. Um, Bonafide is becoming a lifestyle brand. So if uh, real, authentic, genuine, and food love resonates with you, uh, follow along. Bonafide Food Love, Even Star Moto Evangelist, it's a BAM life. Love I'm it. really excited for all the opportunities they're coming and I'm um, just paying witness to uh, Sheridan. Oh, and last shout out, um, next time you'll be able to get Bonafide, buy a ticket to the Winter Equestrian Ball. Uh, it's going to be off the chain this year, December 4th. Antone, when, when is the Winter Wild Rodeo if people don't know or if they're traveling through Sheridan and the ball? When, what are those dates? Uh, Saturday, December 4th. It's going to be held up at the fairgrounds. Um, Donna from Little Willow Traders is going to turn the fairgrounds into a winter wonderland and the fabulous ladies from uh, the Sheridan Equestrian Club and all of their committees. It's just a tremendous fundraiser for um, a really uh, an amazing thing in our community, and that is the polo and the equestrian fields where so many activities happen weddings hot air balloons all the good stuff awesome make sure you follow her uh, what's your what's your personal one and then what's the bonafide food bonafide food love is the food truck even star moto evangelist is my moto journey and it's a bam life is kind of like my personal here's mm. all the other things i have to have three pages to keep it straight <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> Wonderful. Well, so February 2022 is the book release. Make sure you look for it and get it so it can be on the New York Times bestselling list. So um, awesome. And then the Winter Wild Rodeo Bonafide will be out there. And then if you get a ticket to the ball uh, December 4th, you can get a catered food from Bonafide Food Truck. So awesome. Thanks, Antone. Krista, Thank anything you. anything big? or I, I had this, so it not doesn't necessarily have to be projects or anything like that, but maybe like your biggest... Um, success that you've had so far as, as your own personal, and it could be personal or professional. Yeah. <laughs> and if someone else wants to go while Chris, thinks that's fine too. <laughs> oh, I'm good. I okay. All right. Or just oh, your self plug it. there. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, it's nice meeting you and Laura and, and Anto. I've seen you, I've met you before and Megan, thank you for inviting me as well. Um, my biggest project is the bus <laughs> that I brought up. So I bought this 1971 Volkswagen bus. It's completely a mess <laughs> right now, but that is something that I want to have for 2022 for weddings. Um, my goal with it is to not only live in it and well, not full time, but <laughs> <laughs> um, to travel in it, but I want to utilize it in weddings. Um, use it as like a photo booth that people can rent out or even just as like a prop um, for photos because I have a lot of clients who are super adventurous and want that extra touch. Um, my main vision is going to Yosemite and having it on the road there and just photographing a couple as like the introduction of it. Um, I'll be painting thistles up it like it'll be lime green with white thistles. <laughs> it's a pop-up. 
Um, her name is Irene, <laughs> Irene Green. <laughs> I have like a whole plan for her. Um, like I said, I'm Spencer is teaching me how to rebuild an engine, which I have never done in my life, um, and redo everything. So that is the biggest project for 2022, and I'm hoping for the summer that I can debut that. Um, how can people find you? Oh, for photography personally. Yeah. Yep. For Instagram, it's Thistle and Tool Photography. Same on Facebook and everything else. Um, but yeah, the biggest growth is really, you know, my goal is to just be traveling full time. I eventually want to do just adventure elopements and kind of move away from bigger weddings. Um, but yeah, and I want to go to Iceland. That is another goal. <laughs> so, an elopement to Iceland. Yeah, yeah elopement right? to Iceland. There yeah. you go. Awesome. <laughs> Megan, you were the, uh, the um, I'm trying to think of the word here, to the, the ringleader here, bringing yeah. this all together. So, But how can people find you and what's kind of your upcoming projects for you? Sure. So um, you can find me at www.trailheadmarketingllc.com. Write that down. (laughs) (laughs) But also Trailhead Marketing LLC at Instagram and on Facebook, it all pops up. But um, my biggest adventure is I have clients from coast to coast, literally from Seattle to Boston. I've got them all over the country and we're growing quickly. But I'd like to focus primarily locally. I like working locally. I want to work locally with um, business owners here. And also clientele here is my goal, is my focus. Um, definitely shared in Wyoming focused, regionally focused. Mm-hmm. But really it's it's bringing success for our clients. Um, we want to see your growth, manage expectations, see an ROI, see the KPI, key point indicators um, that actually moves your needles to success with with marketing. And we have every anything that you've ever seen online, we can do it. Um, we have, we, again, I mentioned it earlier, we focus foundationally your website, et cetera. Um, but truly it's custom marketing strategy for you. Awesome. And lastly, Laura. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's great to be able to meet you too, being down the hall from you. And also thank you, Megan, for inviting me. And it's, it's wonderful to hear your stories and it's inspiring for me always. Um, I can be found just by doing a search on Peak Consulting in Sheridan. Um, Two really cool projects that we're working on right now, we're doing a community needs assessment for our Mm. police department. Uh, Chief Koltiska, who's new to the role, asked us to come in and help them in their strategic planning process, and we're doing small groups um, where I'm getting feedback in terms of what's really going well, where there are gaps, where can we improve, and also just how do we make this community higher quality of living? It's such a great place to live, but we have to keep tending to it. Um, so that's been a really fun project. If you're interested in giving feedback, you know, please look up Peak Consulting, give me a call or shoot me an email. And then a big pitch for tonight because it's um, Impact 307's pitch night. And I've been working with them over the last several years as a judge. And we have some really cool businesses um, that are presenting this evening at the YO Theater. 
and it's about entrepreneurs. And two female entrepreneurs will be pitching and then um, three additional businesses. Wow, awesome. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know you were a judge on that. That's yeah, awesome. I've been doing that for, gosh, since the inception of it, and it's a blast. Yeah, and that's awesome. That's yeah. a great little program for you know seed money and things like yeah. that for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, we've had Chief Koltiska in here before with Captain Ringley, so that's interesting. I didn't Good. know that. So now I can pop on over and uh, bug you a little bit Dude. about what we think about it. No, they were great. And, um, so that's fantastic. Well, thank you all for coming in. Megan, again, thanks for setting this up. Yeah. Thank uh, you all ladies yeah. for coming in. The stories that we all have, I mean, we all need to grab some coffee or a beer or something. And <laughs> yeah, we'll put, we'll God put a bless. wild rodeo whiskey under the bus. We were all kind of like, let's take some shots a yeah. little bit before and, uh, Gregor, uh, the studio is empty, so um, I'll call Gregor out real quick. He Thirsty. usually gives us some some whiskey in here, and uh, we're empty. So, um, but uh, anyways, well. If you ladies want to come back in, or we want to get some other ladies in, that'd be great. If you're a judge of Impact 307, maybe we could have those uh, entrepreneurs in here. Maybe give I a pitch it. too. That'd be kind of fun. I need to reach. Yeah. That's been on my mind. That's on me. I need to reach out to Impact 307 and Scott Randall. I've met him before. Yeah. I, that's yeah. on me. But. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for jumping on and coming thank into you. the studio. Antone, thanks for calling in from Texas. Have fun. You are working. Absolutely. Tell those thank haters they guys. don't know you. So. Have a great time. And we'll uh, hit the music here. We love you all. Thank you.